freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode number 286 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme today is Combat Quilter. And our guest is Andrew Lee. Andrew is an award-winning quilter and combat veteran known as Combat Quilter. He is a three-time combat veteran with 19 years of combined military service, currently serving in the Tennessee National Guard. Andrew's many convoys, missions, and events while deployed to Iraq have resulted in him having PTSD. After trying many coping unhealthy mechanisms that just let him emotionally detached and unsatisfied in life, a random comment about taking a couple's quilting class by his wife, Christy, changed his life forever. Absolutely. And Andrew is also our brother-in-law because Christy is my sister. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Thank you. This is so exciting uh, for, for us, for me. I have a few of your quilts and I, I should have probably brought one into the studio and shown it off because they are absolutely my favorite. Um, well, she keeps them behind lock and key. That's why I, you can't. Actually, do I, Andrew, or did you make me promise to use them? I made you promise to use them. That's what <laughs> quilts are made for. That is true. I was very tempted to keep them under lock and key and he put his foot down and said, I won't even sell it to you unless you promise to use it. So I, we did kind of, uh, you know, tip the hand a little bit about how you got started in quilting, but I want to hear you tell your story uh, to our audience. You know, how do you, and, and thank you for your service. I, I should have said that right up front. Um, that is, you know, a sacrifice that we haven't personally made in our life. And so we extra value people who have put themselves in, in those situations and in harm's way on our behalf, on behalf of a nation uh, that maybe should be a little more grateful than that we are sometimes. But, um, but uh, you know, how do you combine that military service and then you were a truck driver for quite a while. And, you know, now you're the combat quilter. How do those worlds merge? It's actually a crazy journey. Um, Christy had said at one point that we didn't do enough together. And of course, my response was, we visit your, your parents, we go out to dinner, we go to breweries, we go to historical events. Uh, what more do you want to do together? I love you, but I'm not working for you or with you. That's just too much time together. Um, you're bossy enough at home. I don't need to listen to it at work too. And she had made the comment that she just didn't know what more we could do together, but just felt that we weren't doing enough. And I was like, look, we do yard work and we're remodeling a house. So she left it alone. And a couple of days later, I had beat her home from work. And in the mailbox was a quilted table runner class for from Joanne Fabrics for $30. And I thought, Here's a perfect opportunity for me to make three women happy for $30. It's like unheard of. So I made the table runner for my mom. She made it for her mom. We did it together. I'm a hero all the way around. And what I didn't anticipate was becoming hooked on the, the therapeutic value of the mindlessness that sewing provided, but yet gave me purpose in doing something and I had something that I physically could put my hands on when I was done that provided something else. So not only was it therapeutic for me, but it also gave light to someone else and in the form of a 
table runner at that time. And then of course we went back to Joanne's to buy fabric. I mean, if I made a table runner, I could make a quilt. So as we're there, we met the husband and wife team that are the leaders of the Quilts of Valor group in North Knoxville. And he invited me to a men's group that was, that was uh, you know, uh, only men can come and three of the six of us were veterans. So yes, they were Vietnam vets a little bit older, but we still all have that same, you know, military bond and the same purpose. And they uh, gave light to Quilts of Valor and how Quilts of Valor embraces and awards a quilt to a veteran uh, in hopes that it would provide some warmth and comfort when battling their demons, whatever those may be, you know, uh, because of the 22 a day and uh, trying to, to cure that, a quilt can make a difference. Absolutely. And what a, a neat thing. And I don't think that enough people even realize that there is such a program as the QOV, the, the Quilts of Valor. And the the problem with PTSD, I think, is that uh, it gets used against our, our veterans and people that have uh, suffered and faced trauma in their life so often. And it seems like the only prescription anybody can ever think of is, well, here's some drugs, here's some pills, you know, here's some pharmaceutical um, way to, to just kind of mask what's going on. And then, you know, you bring that into the Second Amendment advocacy world. And so they're trying to use PTSD and people who have experienced trauma to try to infringe on people's rights through things like red flag gun laws and things of that nature. And then here you are, and here's this group of, of men working together that you're saying, look, here's, here's a skill and a hobby and a creative outlet that is effectively, apparently, because you are very well adjusted, right? After all this, uh, you know, all these 19 years of combined military service, you're, it, here's this method of, of moving through that and coping with it. Uh, what do you have to say about, about that? And what is it about quilting that does seem to, to release tension or what's at play there? Well, I feel that initially people don't understand that before you deploy and go over overseas, you train and train and train and train and train and they teach you to shut that light switch of emotions off. And then you've done it so many times, it's so hard to turn back on. You know, I used to watch um, the show where they hit the golden buzzer and, and stuff falls from the sky. And that would be the only time that I actually felt real emotion until I started quilting and awarded my first Quilts of Valor to a World War II veteran. And during that event, he said, I don't deserve this. And I said, Mr. Carpenter, I said, you walked into Normandy. It's not like you jumped mm -hmm. in or rode a tank, you walked. Mm -hmm. And then as the conversation progressed, his son proceeded to tell me after the 15 minute conversation that him and I had had, he learned more about what his dad did during the war in those 15 minutes than he has his whole 40 years of his life. And that emotional attachment is what got me hooked initially is the opportunity to give back, not trying to negate the therapeutic value that it was giving to me, but I was, I was afforded the opportunity to share something to give someone else a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel that yes, we care, I'm here for you. Yes, I understand that you're a manly man and may not like hugs and wouldn't admit, you know, a quilt unless it came from another veteran, but you know, uh, it, it makes a difference. And I feel that the therapeutic value that I wrapped up in 100,000 hours of video games and I have nothing to show for it. Yes, I was the World of Warcraft, two versus two, you know, grand champion for three years in a row. But what does that mean on the outside versus in that same amount of time, I probably could have made 200 quilts, which could have saved up to 200 people's lives to not become a, a statistic, if you will. 
It's amazing. So, so what do you think about Andrew when you're quilting? Or what's on your mind? Um, Danny, I hate to admit that nothing. And that's the part that it allows me to escape all of those things in my brain that I have seen or done that not that I'm not proud of or whatever, but they are, you know, in the limelight of what war really looks like. Um, the patrols and the the convoys between Kuwait City and Baghdad and the things that we've seen and and the people and the way they deal with war and and I just feel that the PTSD is is part of that thing, you know, that um in Vietnam they called it something else and and yet it was the same thing. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I and, look at, you know, I, I did not go through nearly half what you've gone through, but you know, I have stuff in my closet and some some problems. And when I'm working on guns, I think of nothing but working on a gun. Mm -hmm. So I totally understand what you're saying, but yours is a much more higher degree than mine. So I'm really glad that you found something that just clears your mind because that's that's what heals is clearing your mind from this stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's an escape. I, yeah. I really hate to say that it's a it's an escape, but it really is. It gives me an opportunity to uh, escape those. And because quilting is so uh, therapeutic, but in the same sense, it's mindless. It's it's a quarter of an inch seam over and over and over again. You're doing the same stitch. And because of that repetition, you know, type A OCD people like me find a, an escape and counting stitches and all of that as well. In the end, there's a Kentucky National Guard captain who's doing a study on um, TBI, traumatic brain injury, and PTSD that proves that anyone who has a hobby that creates something with their hands, woodworking, painting, gardening, something that you can physically produce at the end, those folks have a 60% chance greater of surviving life, life as a whole than those who don't. So can you imagine what it would add to someone who has issues and and stuff going on in their head that they're trying to overcome? Right. Because if you're not doing anything, your mind's on what you've done in your past. Mm, right. Absolutely. Yes. So, um, you know, I, I alluded briefly that, you know, you were a truck driver for a while. And so I used to look because your your screen name used to tie that in. I think you before you were the combat quilter, there was. I think you tied in the trucking. So talk to us about how, how one can drive a truck across the nation and still quilt and create these amazing uh, works of art. Well, I'm fortunate enough that the FMCSA and the Dar Department of Transportation has created these wonderful laws that says, I can only work a 14 hour day and then I must take 10 hours of rest. And because I am military, I am only required to have six or seven hours of sleep. So what do I do for those other two or three hours? Yes, the driving wide open spaces away from people was a great escape and allowed me to see beautiful countryside. However, I still had that yearning for something more, which is why during my off time, I would sew for an hour, hour and a half once I got stopped and parked somewhere and allowed me to have a scenic backdrop of wherever I stop. So from Utah to um, Southern Florida, I mean, whatever my front windshield was, was my backdrop of where I was sewing at. And so how, I mean, you're in a, you're in the cab of a, a big rig. How does, how do you have like a quilting studio in the cab of a big rig? Well, I did have a full-size ironing board that would fit between the seats and I rigged up an 18 inch TV tray to put my sewing machine on. But once I crawled in the seat, I had to make it efficient so I didn't have to get up and turn to iron or get more pieces. So I, I maximized the space. And I feel that a lot of quilters are always trying to get a bigger, better space. When in fact, it, what it boils down to is I was looking for the only space that I had. I didn't need some big, huge quilting studio because the therapeutic value that quilting was giving me, I needed to get somehow. Whatever means necessary is what I did. 
I absolutely love that because I'm I'm hearing people out there that are like, well, you know, I kind of like to quilt, but and you're just kind of ticking off all of the the excuses that they could have like, well, I'm a guy. Oh, so what? Right. I'm so, a truck driver. So I'm a truck driver. Well, so what? You know, um, and, you know, uh, quilting supplies can be pricey. And especially if you decide you're going to be a long arm er is that the right phraseology for that that, that yes kind of that puts is correct finishing finishing touch uh design over the whole finished quilt and you have found ways through all of those obstacles uh as a matter of fact you there's someone out there that you call your fairy godmother uh having to do with some of that can you talk to us about that sure um I originally had made a quilt in hopes that I could sell the quilt and the proceeds would go towards purchasing a long arm that I had wanted. I spoke at the Tennessee Valley Quilters Association's yearly meeting. And in that, a woman, after I spoke, asked what my plans were, you know, and I said, I'm going to try to beg, borrow, steal. Okay, maybe not steal, but <laughs> sell my quilt so that I can obtain a long arm. Um, because that's what I felt was lacking in the Quilts of Valor world was if I had a computerized long arm, I could efficiently complete more quilts in a shorter amount of time. And of course, this woman stood up in at the end of the briefing and said that she'd like to give me $50 to go towards my long arm. And then other folks stood up as well and said they wanted to give me money. And without missing a beat, the spokesperson um, Miss Judith Thompson stood up and said, don't worry about it, and dumped a, a box of coffee filters, like, uh, like truck stop coffee filters and coffee and stuff out, dumped it right on the floor and said, we'll pass this box around. You ladies can fill it with pennies. That'd be cute. And that was the, be the beginning of it. Well, we went back to the, Christy and I went back to the quilt shop and decided to count the money. And in the um, in the box was a business card that said, I would like to make up the difference for whatever you need to get the long arm. Wow. And, and I really hate to say that for 30 minutes, I sat and cried trying to see how someone could take that much care in, in the grand scheme of helping somebody else out that they didn't know. And when I called her and talked to her on the phone, she said that, you know, I said that you, she asked me what, what long arm wanted, I wanted. I said, ma'am, I said, I, I can't fully expect you to spend $45,000 on a long arm for a guy you don't even know. And her response was, just so you know, I've been following you for a little while. And I feel that this would be my only way to give back, knowing the differences that you could make in someone else's life. Wow. And mm. And I had to let her go and told her I would call her back in a couple of days. And I, I <laughs> once again, too much, sat, right? <laughs> it was just too much. I mean, I, my, my emotional light switch had been shut off for so long that how can I, how can I process this in my head and, and, and understand it and wrap my head around it and, and not feel like I'm uh, overwhelmed, which I was. So I now have a, uh, Gamel Statler long arm in my living room, my second living room, and I long arm as many quilts of valor as I can. Awesome, that's that's great. So, all these years you've been doing this now, what is your favorite quilt that you made? Um, my favorite quilt as as of today is my Iwo Jima quilt because I feel that it allows folks to see the therapeutic value that quilting has. So many people have come to the quilt show either in Houston or at Smoky Mountain and have commented how they came just to see a quilt that a veteran had made, you know, 75% in his semi-truck that is 110 inches high and 110 inches wide. And that was, I mean, really kind of, I was glad that we could bring that full circle because here's this massive quilt that you made uh i think really a one-of-a-kind you know you created the pattern right correct and 
you know, you started it in the, the cab of uh, a big rig. It's, it's incredible to me. And I wish that I would uh, prepped you to bring a picture to hold up because I know you've done tons of interviews and probably magazines and, and on and on. Do you have it have one with you? Maybe on the phone? I, I, I'm hoping that my phone will allow me to find a good picture of it. I do have it posted on your guest page. So when people, you know, want to check back later, if we can't get a, a clear shot of it here on, on video, and of course, people that are listening audio only, uh, just get to imagine. So it's the, oh, beautiful. Yes. Oh. And look, look how tall you are compared oh to the quilt. It is absolutely stunning. Wow. Andrew, I just, I, I can't wait to see that thing in real life. Where is it? Is it housed somewhere where people can visit it all the time? It is currently hanging in the International Quilt Museum and, and it's in the vault currently. Um, they have a, they've done an outstanding job with trying to figure out a way to preserve people's quilts that they have added to their collection. I mean, it's six stories below ground and, and has every air filter and filtration system known to man. And I believe it can survive a nuclear blast and still be okay from, from the stuff that I've understood about it. And they will be displaying it during certain times. I believe the 4th of July or Veterans Day of, of this year. Um, I know COVID has changed a lot of the capabilities of the museum and the things that they could do based on the restrictions. So it's, it's incredible. If somebody wanted a quilt made, a special quilt as a memory, something like that, can, can you help them with that? Well, there's so many quilt guilds out there in the community that, that could aid and assist with, with memory quilts. I unfortunately am booked until at least June with the, the quilts that I'm currently working on. I'm working on a 9-11, um, the flag raising at 9-11 quilt as well. And that one will be 22,400 pieces and be 11 and a half feet high and eight and a half feet wide. And I, I feel that there are many wonderful quilters out there that could aid someone in their community that's part of a guild that that's all they specifically do is memory quilts and t-shirt quilts and all of that. We all have our niches of things that we're good at and like to do. And, and it all depends on the person and what they enjoy doing um, and are good at. Absolutely. So, I mean, truly the Iwo Jima quilt is, I mean, priceless has to be the price. Like, and I know you're not selling it, but you know, that thing is huge. <laughs> there are so many hours <laughs> involved in it. Like what, how could you possibly put a value on that? Well, I took it to an appraiser and had Cindy appraise it for the value of what it would cost to replace the quilt. And it's right around $8,000 just to replace it. And I have over 30 yards of fabric at $11.99 a yard. And then I have about 400 hours into it. You know, with the increase of what labor costs are now, you know, I, I attempted to pay myself $10 an hour for this if I would sell it, you know, but with the, the minimum wage possibly going up and all these other dynamics of, me working full-time while I was doing it. So I really didn't need to pay myself, but there's such a misunderstanding about what the value of something is. I mean, it's only worth what somebody's willing to pay. Yeah. And, right. and the crazy part about that dynamic is I feel that quilting was a lost art for a while because back in the, back in the early 1900s, it was solely for warmth. It had nothing to do with aesthetically pleasing art. And now as times have moved forward, it is provided not only for those people who originally had made quilts, but now for the artists to be involved in that as well. So two worlds have merged together to still continue to produce something that people use and need every day. So the long arm machine, does it take the quality away that somebody does by hand or does it add to it? That, 
that depends on the person who's wanting the quilts and what what you're wanting on it. I feel for efficiency and time, the long arm machine, hands down is the way to go. But the value of hand quilters is a hundred times what I can do. Uh-huh. You know, the just the time, you know, back back in the early 1900s, women would allow that frame to be hung on the, the ceiling in the living room and they would lower it and four or six, eight women would all get together and they would all hand sew the the time that they spent. I mean, it's eight times what I can do on a hand quilted, but the long arm machine will do designs that are more accurate because it's basically a CNC machine hooked to a sewing machine. Mm-hmm. So what is it? Is it like embroidery on the, the pattern on the cloth or what does it do? It sandwiches the three layers of quilts together. So in a quilt, the top layer is the top and then you have the backing fabric and then you have some sort of meat in the middle, which is normally a batting. 100% cotton, you know, 80% cotton, 20% polyester. There's several wonderful products out there. I'm a huge fan of Warm and Natural, which is 100% cotton. And I really like the way that it fluffs up and really makes you want to get underneath the quilt and cuddle it like it's supposed to be. Absolutely. Well, this kind of sandwiches those and puts a stitching design in it. And it can be something as simple as wavy lines and something as extensive as dog tags and stars. Wow. Absolutely. And I can attest to that. Uh, You know, we have quilts that are just random from wherever. And uh, I think that they might have a higher level of polyester in them than the ones that I've bought from you, because it it just, the cotton just breathes, you know, it keeps you warm, but you don't feel like you're smothering under there. Mm -hmm. So very, especially here in Arizona, we have like 10 chilly days all year. So, and I want to use that quilt every day if I can while I'm watching TV, I like that I like reading. the I like the commercial made quilts because I don't have to wash my feet before I use it like you make <laughs> me on the, on his oh yeah he, do, he doesn't even get to use mine I don't even know what you're talking about right now Mr. Todd um so we touched earlier on the fact that you've made many quilts of valor uh I don't remember if you said how many that you've awarded I have awarded 74 quilts of valor in four years. Wow. Dang. Just over four years. October was sleep? four years. So I'm four So you're years probably making four, a quilt right months. now while we're talking, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> or at least you got I a plan for one. Kind of, what's that, Danny? Or at least you have a plan for one. You're planning yes, for one. It's, as I'm sitting here looking at you, I, I have a bookshelf quilt on my list of things to do and looking at your wonderful backdrop. I'm like, oh, that's that's what I need to focus on. You know, thin ones and thick ones and figure out some way to incorporate the statue that you all have of, of Abe Lincoln. That I, I, I plan on making an Abe Lincoln quilt, but now I, I want to incorporate it in my bookshelf quilt. That is a beautiful uh, statue up there. That's a Yadro, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So. it is. And that's one of the cool things about uh, the first quilt I bought from you is that, you know, it, you really incorporated special things for me. You, you have the Abe Lincoln, you have the flag, and it's just subtly patriotic, but you've got those squares kind of here and there. And then you even put polka dots in it. I mean, shut up. Well, the the quilt pattern that I used was airmail and it's a simple nine patch with a block around it. But I just felt that if I am gonna make a quilt for a special person, I really want them to be able to link my attention to detail for your passion of of having a quilt and something you can cuddle under underneath of and and drink your coffee and read a book which is what i feel that quilting is all about is helping you enjoy the things that you do do just as i do Mm, absolutely so what is your most memorable quilt of valor of the 74 that you've awarded was it the one that you mentioned earlier, the first one, or was there some other story that just really takes the cake? No, it was the first one. Mr. Carpenter uh, at the time was 93, a World oh. War II vet, um, and and was in communications and walked into Normandy. I just, that's so hard for me to fathom in all of my years of service that someone would walk as far as they did for such an event 
I mean, at, at 19 years old, how do you say that you walked 80 miles in, in six days? I mean, I, I just can't fathom that. And the, the comforts that we now have as soldiers, you know, boots and equipment and gear, they didn't have all that luxury. So for him to, one, be open to receiving a quilt after some coaxing, of course, you know, it's, it was an honor for me to try to find a way to give back to him. I mean, he, he curved and carved our, our national history way before I could ever dream about what it was like to be a, a manly man and a soldier. Yeah. That is just incredible. And, you know, when you talk about, you know, he walked into Normandy, it's not like, you know, you're, you, he already knew when I get to Normandy, it, it's going to, it's not going to be any picnic. It's going to be rough. There's going to be really bad things waiting for us there. And I, I just with each step, you know, he, he had to have found that courage to just keep going him and, and all of his troop mates. And uh, again, I go back to that, you know, a, a nation that sometimes is not quite grateful enough for people who have put themselves in those positions. And earlier you said, you know, you were so taken aback by the lady who wanted to buy you that long arm. And you're like, how can, how can a person do something so grand for someone they don't even know? Well, I think that kind of sums up the mind and the heart of, of a service person. Is that true? No, I, I completely agree. And, and her husband was a veteran. And I think that played a part in it as well. But still, I, to this day, I still think of the raw, pure emotion that that event gave me, which, which has continued in, in the limelight of me making more quilts of valor, trying to cover as many veterans as I possibly can. So amazing. So awesome. So what are your future plans for quilting? Um, at some point, I am not at some point. Here in the very near future, I plan on making pantographs, those designs that long armors use in the sandwiching of a quilt to be a little bit more manly than the 90% the of designs that are out there that are more feminine. Yes, I understand more quilters are feminine, but it's not like women are the only ones who receive and like quilts. So I feel that if I could help, you know, curb some of that to be, you know, boot prints or, or grenades or or pinup girls or, or whatever I choose. So that way others can do that. And then eventually I would like to open a um, retreat center for quilters. And then one weekend a month, we're hoping to utilize it for veteran therapy. Um, be a, a free weekend, let veterans come and, and I don't know, I, I, the camaraderie that veterans have and the healing process and, and just attempt to show some other means that people can utilize to escape what they've seen or done or gone through that is in a positive light, not in a negative, like the majority of what people think that we do, drink and party and, and tear up the town and all of that, when in fact the majority of us would rather have a, a little bit of peace and quiet and a nice cup of coffee. That is so awesome. And uh, this is the first time I've heard you say that about a retreat center, but I love that idea. And I want to talk about it more with you, like as it moves from, is it a, just a dream right now? Or is it, is it a plan? Where oh, is no, it it's a plan. Place? It's, it's in my 10 year plan for sure. And could, could be in my five year plan if my pantograph stuff develops as, as much as I would like it to be. You know, there's 217,000 quilters in the United States. If I could appeal to a thousand of those and produce 60 pantographs, I mean, that's $900,000, which would give me well enough to do what I'm hoping to do. You know, just because I feel that my fairy godmother invested in me early on and it's now time for me to continue to give back. And I feel this is the one way that I could help that. I love that so much. And that brings me back to, you know, when you make these quilts of valor, they're a, they're a donated thing. You know, how is it the long arming that helps, you know, keep the bills paid and, and keep money coming into the, the process? Yes, I, I long arm for hire 
to the the four local quilt guilds or or folks you know who pay to have their quilt sandwiched and then i try to do a my goal this year is to do one quilt of valor a week um last year i did 68 quilts of valor that i quilted so i'm trying to spend a little bit more of my time in the panograph stuff and not in the long arming of quilts of valor knowing that my time is better spent in the panographs to help my end goal that hopefully would affect more veterans than I could by just doing one Quilts of Valor in that time. Absolutely. And then of course your wife, Christy, who was kind of the impetus of so much of this, uh, she also quilts and uh, makes and sells things on your, is it the Etsy site? Correct. We use Etsy and she's doing quite well with masks, the masks and um, bags, purses, aprons, things of that nature. Absolutely. And uh, every once in a while, one of you will, you know, put up on social media that, okay, here's a quilt or a whatnot that we're selling. And, and I'm usually like right in there, like me, I want it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want a pinup quilt. I know. How cool would that be? I love that idea. Yeah. So hopefully Danny, I'm, some I'm booked till June, but after June, I'll consider it. You'll have it for the fall next year. All right. <laughs> I love right. it. I love it. That is awesome. Well, Andrew, you know, how can people continue learning about, you know, all that you bring to the table uh, and follow your journey with your quilts of valor and maybe even, you know, buy a thing or two that you, uh, you know, on, in your spare time, you, you make to sell. Sure. I am on Facebook as combat quilter. I'm also on Instagram as combat quilter. And my wife and I share an Etsy account as particular pair. And I will include the link. So that way people can see the spelling particular as in a, uh, a close group of defined things and then pair as in to cut, not as in two of us. Absolutely. P-A-R-E. Well, this was really wonderful and awesome. And I so appreciate you taking all this time because you could have made like nine quilts in the 30 or so <laughs> minutes that we were talking. I don't think you could have made nine. Not nine? How no. many do you think? Probably one. No, more than that. All right, Andrew, we so appreciate you. We so, so value you. You so appreciate? Oh, I see. I see what he did there. Uh, he's here all week. Well placed, sir. Tip, tip your weight stuff. Andrew Lee, the combat quilter, thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you, ma'am. Good talking to you, Andrew. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You too, sir. I do not love him. Mm -hmm. I mean, just, he is awesome. It's amazing that, you know, everybody thinks shove pills down their throat. Mm -hmm. You know, everything, the, the cure for everything is to just give you medication. Mm -hmm. And for him to break away from that and, you know, find something that, you know, hobby that would soothe you. And, and not just him, but yeah. then there's that, that outreach and that right. continuation of a servant's heart that he's, you know, giving to other. Oh, it's awesome. Veterans. When you give something that you made to somebody else and they appreciate it, there's nothing that feels better than that. Absolutely. I and just... you know, the time and stuff that he puts into that. And it's just, it's just amazing to me. I mean, just, it just is. It's great. It is. And there's, um, I don't know if it's a hashtag that he uses, but I think it is. It's men who quilt and hashtag QOV and hashtag quilts of valor. Uh, really, you know, kind of shows you how, how not uncommon this really is. And yet I had never heard of any of it until uh, Andrew came into the family. And, you know, we started, you know, knowing each other through Facebook, because I had, I had not met him in person until or we had not met him in person until on one of his trucking routes came through Phoenix, maybe two years or so ago. And then we had a chance to, you know, spend some time together and get to know each other. Very warm, nice guy. Absolutely. And uh, 
so I was just so originally I was like men who quilt that sounds funny you know because why I was does so, it sound funny because I was uneducated you know because I didn't know 30 years and ago so then I was like oh no wait he's that's for real and look at how talented he is and look at all the lives that he's touching through it and, uh, it is yeah. different. It is different. But I mean, think about this. There's so many things that's changing now. A woman walking into a gun store 20 years ago. That's there's true. another one. That's so true. there is a lot. And, women you know, who shoot. Wait, and the what? thing is, women no way. Don't shoot. Well, the, I guess thing, we do. the thing about that is that we need to understand is that by opening the door to everybody with everything, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure that, I mean, there's some good quilters out there that are guys and there's some good gun representatives, you know, to, yeah, for safe. Yeah. I was very sexist. Shame on me. I'm over it now, though. I'm glad you're over it now. I, you know, I want to encourage cooking. I mean, 30, oh. 40 years ago, a man cooking. Yes, oh, my God. Look <gasps> at all the famous chefs. Right. They're all men. Because so then how does that get confused? Because people have abilities that they don't show unless you let them show it. That's true. All right. So but that is weird because I'm thinking I was thinking, OK, so you're at a truck stop. You got your ironing board and your sewing machine outside and how people would think that was strange. But it's not because, I mean, there's people that that collect stamps. There's people that collect coins. There's people that do that. And the fact is that it it calms you. Whatever you do, if it calms you, it's good. It's true. And there's men named Danny Ray Todd who collect not only, you know, machine, machine guns, guns, but also Tinkerbell memorabilia. Oh, I love Tinkerbell. So, yeah. But she's kind of like a pinup. <clears throat> You know, so it does, that does make sense. But they, some people think I'm weird. Well, I am, <laughs> but actually I, I think I am weird. There's no doubt about it. That's true. But take it from me. we, you know, we need to stop with this. You know, uh, that's a guy thing. This is a girl thing. Yeah, no, because absolutely. people have abilities you. that, you know, and it helps. So. I agree with you. I was just outing myself in my sexist, my previously sexist way of thinking. Well, I used um, to think about the gun shop when a woman walking in a gun shop, she's picking a gun up for her husband yeah, or ammo. Not the AZ firearms. No, shop, no, no. Way back. You had way back. Way back before I had any brains. When you had any brains. <laughs> well, we call that era BC yes, before, before Cheryl. Cheryl. She so taught me right. Suddenly, you know, when Cheryl, the Cheryl era came in, I mean, you just got. Um, door got open. Yeah, way oh. smarter. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I got so smart. About oh, ready to man. pass you in smartness. Yeah, I think you, you, you have done that in spades, sir. You definitely oh, anyway. are smarter than I am. Andrew, it was great to have. have I have him to say here. that because we're recording. Let's <laughs> thank, thank Andrew for being here today. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, Andrew, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Thank you so much to our amazing listeners, who are all over the world. And you never know what we're going to talk about next, do you? You don't and i think but that's... that all ties up with what we do it's about people mm -hmm. and their rights mm -hmm. and you know so you just never know and you know he was in the service for 19 19 years service mm -hmm. and um he looks too young for that by the way i know he does but uh and he is currently serving as we said in the tennessee national guard so you know that too is like okay so he's quilting 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 then he's got to be you know, take it away from it. Fighting, 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 and... quilting, 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 <laughs> protecting, 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 yeah, protecting, quilting, quilting, quilting. Um, but thank you to our listeners all over the world. I, I just feel in my bones that there are people out there that are going to be inspired by Andrew's story and whether they step up and they help maybe donate uh, to Quilts of Valor to help more quilts get made because it's not cheap it really isn't fabric is not inexpensive no. uh, or inspired to explore that hobby that just has been kind of like sitting there and mulling around in their mind it doesn't even have to be quilting you know whatever it is that maybe they can be inspired that you know andrew was able to really move forward in his life and get out of a, a stuck place in right. his life by, you know, not having those sexist, bigoted, you know, thoughts in his mind, like, well, I'm a guy, I'm not going to a quilting class. What's that about? Right. right. Well, I think he just was I, like, yeah, Hey, this is a win-win. I'm going to make my, my mom happy, my mother-in-law happy and my wife happy. Yeah. And then turns out he found his life's calling. It's just, so I think there are people out there that are going to be inspired by that. right and i'm so. hoping that people that are listening today 
or viewing the show realize that there are other things besides medications to to help with these things mm -hmm. and if you you know we all know if we get ourselves involved in something that our mind goes away from the bad things mm -hmm. you know and we need to do that because then when the bad things come back into our mind we have ways to cope with them better because it's not just that it's right. not just a fight it's you know you get away from it you can you can learn to deal with it better absolutely so. and you know that a diagnosis is not who you are it's no. not like okay so therefore that's the end of the story um it's a healing process just like if you got in a car accident and you you know you messed your leg up you have to learn to walk again mm -hmm. and it's the same thing even though you don't a person can't see what another person has mm -hmm. um it's just, it's a it takes a while to build it back up absolutely um so Thank you to everyone. And if you have missed any portion of today's show, or if you just want to go back and, and review or watch or listen for the first time, if you are a video watcher, you can find us on the Ops Lens smartphone app. You can find us on YouTube until they decide that they don't like what we're talking about anymore. And then they censor us off. But so far, so good. We're still there. Uh, or gun streamer which is a a second amendment friendly version of a youtube type platform and we trend there a lot so i really like gun streamer uh we have a lot of great followers over there and uh, always room for more right and if you liked listening to the audio only version what do they do dan go to gunfreedomradio.com click the on demand tap and binge listens to your heart content <laughs> darling you remember that part well i'm just trying to figure out are we going to sing now's the time to say goodbye to all, to all our, our company, company. <laughs> the, old, the old folks remember that right yeah that's uh the mickey mouse clause yes it is right all right and uh until next time uh pray for our nation pray for all of our veterans oh yes Yes, pray for, for all of our the families of people who ha are currently serving and have served. It, it is a whole family unit. Why don't we just pray for everyone and everything except that one guy? <laughs> that one well, guy. Okay. And you make that one guy whatever you want it to be. That okay, but that's the one that we have to pray maybe especially for. Well, if somebody else will pray for him. No. 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 <laughs> No, I agree. Those. We need to pray for every everybody, guys. I mean, we're 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 in a battle right now. Yeah. Can you say battle, or does that put us on a list because we incited violence? We're at a time of misdirection right now. We really are. It's it's nuts out there, and you know we really have to Wait, focus on the people in our inner circle. Of, so, and if we're all focusing on our people in our inner circle, that's just going to you know grow exponentially. Speaking of, we just got back from a rally. We had the Second Amendment rally here in Arizona. Beautiful weather, beautiful day, beautiful people. We had, now, one of the news articles said that they had dozens. Was it dozens or did they say? So last year, they said dozens this year, of people do? that showed up and there was 3,500 people. And this year, uh, uh, one of the KJAZ stations here in in Arizona, uh, actually, you know, said, well, hundreds, hundreds, right. Uh, like, well, be broken. They all try, you know, hundreds, <clears throat> hundreds. We had over, I, I estimate 4,000, but they, they're saying between 3,500 and 4,000 people, I say 4,000. And I would say out of that, probably at least 3,000 of those were armed, mm -hmm. responsible citizens. Mm -hmm. We had one guy that was there that with the Confederate flag, and he was a super racist man. And he like was all, like he was he said it out all loud. by himself. Nobody paid any attention to him. So a lot he did is stand there for five hours and got no response, no nothing. But the second amendment people, people that feel that we all have rights to say whatever we need to say, mm -hmm. left him alone mm -hmm. and let him have his day. But it was great because everybody just was the most friendly people and most responsible it was just awesome and these people had loaded firearms ar-15s and handguns and everything else mm -hmm. shotguns we saw a guy with a musket there mm -hmm. and uh it was just a blessed day it was a perfect day we call it our celebrate and protect the second amendment rally we partner up with writers usa to put that on each year 
and um, it, it just keeps growing and growing and growing. And it, it really is like a family friendly festival. And, you know, of course, there's always that one person who's trying to pull attention away or, or paint us badly. And that guy with the, the rebel flag, um, he, from the stage, our speakers said, you know, you're, you're free, like we are to say whatever you want to say, but we disavow what you are standing there trying to represent. And, and that he was asked personally face to face, you know, are, are you like trying to express racism? And he said, yes. So, but then I looked at his outfit and in a photo I saw, of course, the newspaper loves to, to take photos of people like that to try to make the rest of us look bad. And I am telling you, his outfit looked like a Halloween costume to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he looked like he was dressing for a part rather than somebody who was right. truly, you know, just a citizen. And this is how I look and this is what I do. So I, I but we had to smell a rat there. Well, I, I smell a rat too. And I, I agree with you after looking at that situation, but you know, we had every type of race there. Absolutely. multiple and Huge everybody every everybody slice of americana right and everybody let him be yeah isn't that amazing yeah they were like whatevs you do you over there we're doing us over here right. so it was wonderful and uh, i was very proud of the event and already excited about planning for next year we had 20 plus speakers we had 70 vendors and we're trying um, to shoot the 105 next year. No, we're, we're not. Yes, shoot yeah. no. The they said no. Wait, we we really we're talking to Writers USA. Yeah. And they're going to try to get a permit so that we're allowed to shoot that for the opening of the celebration. Oh, like a, a demonstration. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we have to say that it's it's like movie magic. So yeah, it's a big boom, no projectile. No, we're just so. going to shoot the the to start the presentation. <laughs> okay, I'm on the same page now. All right, we got to get out of here. Thank you again, everybody. Have a great week. Be good to each other. And God bless. Bye-bye.